everyone, this is Up Too Late, and I'm Teresa Zoe Williams. Thanks for tuning in to episode two. So names are a really important thing, like naming this podcast. It was extremely important to find the perfect name. And thankfully, I mean, I did. How much better could you get than Up Too Late? You can't. You can't top it. So don't even try. But you know what? Mothers and fathers often really go through uh, this when they're naming kids. You know, I've been pregnant three times, had to name three humans, and it's just, it's it can be a lot of anguish and it can be very stressful. And you know what? Rightfully so. You don't want to name your son Seymour if your name is Butts. I mean, come on, right? And you have to find that perfect name. Again, like maybe you really, really love the name Robin and Robins the birds have had super significance in your life. But if your last name is Hood or Banks, Robin is a no-go for you. I'm sorry, that's just the way it is. You want a name that's going to be meaningful and distinguished and creative. Something that's flexible to give your child hope and aspiration. So, you know, why mess around with rinky-dink names like Jane and Morgan and Kaylee and Ava and whatever else they're coming up with nowadays and go straight for the big guns. Perfecta. Immaculata. Not just Peter, but Saint Peter. Madonna. Take that one back. Kyrie eleison. Or even Jesus Christ, Son of the Living God. These kinds of names won't set them up for disappointment at all. They won't have any unrealized expectations in their lives. None. So do right by your children and give them a boss name. I don't think you guys know this, but in real life, I don't go by Teresa Zoe. I'm just Teresa. It's not a double-barreled first name, and it's not even my first name and a middle name combo. It's actually my first name and my confirmation name. I've been asked why I write and tweet under Teresa Zoe Williams instead of just Teresa Williams. And it has to do with my mother-in-law. Dun, dun, dun. You see, her first name is Teresa, too. And it got very confusing for friends and family and, you know, places like banking institutions. So I started using Teresa Zoe online to keep us straight. I liked it so much that it just kind of stuck and I kept it. I don't like getting mixed up so it was really important to me to have this clear-cut way for my mother and I to be distinguished from each other. You know I like standing out. If you don't know I've got purple hair. It's kind of obvious. But you know what moms go through a lot. Not just sharing names with children and children's spouses. <laughs> Raising kids can be a really tough and dirty job. Really tough and dirty. Like this time, one of my toddlers woke up from a nap. Oh boy, you think they're just so cute and innocent? Let me tell you, it's only while they're sleeping. Only. Anyway, I walked into my toddler's room and I saw baby poop smeared everywhere. It was horrific. Oh, just, it was all over the crib, all over the walls, all over the child. Oh, 
after coming down from the shock a little bit, I got the kid cleaned up and started in on cleaning the room. So about an hour into this, yes, an hour, an hour scrubbing baby poop off of furniture and walls. I lost my sense of smell. My hands were pruny and raw from all the Clorox wipes I'd been using, and I was still scrubbing the walls. So the culprit toddled in like nothing had happened, looked at the haggard mess I'd become, and said, ew, mommy's stinky. And I just broke. (laughs) I just lost whatever bit of sanity I had left, which, I mean, who's to say how much I really had in the first place? But I just, I lost it and I snapped. And I had this crazy mom voice like, of course I'm stinky, I'm cleaning up your poop. If I wanted to serve in the slums, I would have gone to Calcutta. In the words of Elvis Costello, This is hell. This is hell I am. Sorry to tell you. Baby poop. My Calcutta. Sometimes Catholic things are shocking, like a church made out of human bones. And sometimes they're just baby poop on the walls. What's not shocking, though, is doing something small and inconvenient for the good of others. COVID-19 still threatens us. Save those around you like Jesus saved us. Wear a mask. Welcome to the show. We've got a good one for you tonight. But first, the snack of the day. It's my favorite Girl Scout cookie, a Samoa. I just can't get enough of the chocolatey, caramelly, coconutty goodness. Good thing my poop kid grew up to become a scout. Pinky's out. And now for a dramatic reading of scripture from the second book of Kings, chapter 2, verses 15 to 25. The guild prophets in Jericho, who were on the other side, saw him and said, The spirit of Elijah rests on Elisha. And they went to meet him, bowing to the ground before him. They said, Among your servants are fifty brave men. Let them go in search of your master. Perhaps the spirit of the Lord has lifted him up and left him on some mountain or in some valley. He answered them, Do not send them. But they kept urging him until he was embarrassed and said, fine, send them. It's like a kid nagging their mom. I want the cookie, mommy, 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 please, mommy, please, 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 please. So they sent the 50 men who searched for three days without finding him. Kind of uh, makes you think of losing Jesus in the temple, doesn't it? But that's, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. Back to the verses at hand. So when they returned to Elisha and Jericho, where he was staying, he said to them, Did I tell you not to go? (laughs) Did I tell you so or what? I don't know how many times I've uh, said that to my husband. And you know, to be fair to him, he's gotten to say it a lot to me too. Maybe more. (laughs) The inhabitants of the city complained to Elisha. The sight of the city is fine indeed, and my lord can see, but the water is bad and the land is sterile. 
Elisha said, Bring me a new bowl and put salt into it. That's kind of weird. <laughs> if you want to make things fertile, you don't really put salt in water. But anyway, anyway. When they had brought it to him, he went out to the spring and threw salt into it, saying, Thus says the Lord, I have purified this water. Never again shall death or sterility come from it. And the water has stayed pure even to this day, according to the word Elisha had spoken. From there, Elisha went up to Bethel. And while he was on the way, some little boys, every bad story starts this way. While he was on his way, some little boys came out of the city and jeered at him. Go away, Baldy! Go away, Baldy! The prophet turned around and saw them, and he cursed them in the name of the Lord, doing what every mother wants to do. Then two she-bears came out of the woods and tore 42 of the children to pieces. From there he went to Mount Carmel and returned to Samaria from there. For this week's top 10, I give you the top 10 celebrities you didn't know are Catholic. Coming in at number 10 is Mark Wahlberg. It's pretty well known at this point that he's Catholic, which is why dear Marky Mark brings up the caboose of this list. But baby got back. At number nine, we have Kobe Bryant. Since his tragic passing, it's become more widely known that he was Catholic, which is why he comes near the bottom of the list. May God rest his soul. Number eight is the great painter and artist Andy Warhol. He's most famous for painting a Campbell's soup can, which is not a Catholic soup, but he was also a Ruthenian Catholic and was a daily communicant. He's doing much better than I'm doing. <laughs> Number seven is Joanna Garcia Swisher. 90s kids will know her as Sam from Are You Afraid of the Dark? and Netflix bingers will know her as Maddie from Sweet Magnolias. She's also married to Yankees outfielder Nick Swisher. Coming in at number six, we have the indomitable actress, Pat Carroll. I know her best as the voice of Ursula in The Little Mermaid and Granny in My Neighbor Totoro, but she's been in so many movies, TV shows, and other projects. She says that her Catholic faith informs her over which roles to take and how she then approaches those roles. I think that's super cool and that's exactly how Catholics should be in the outside world. At number five, we have another actor. You know him as Biff from the Back to the Future series, but he's also a talented artist. Thomas F. Wilson. Fun fact, I was a youth minister at his parish in California uh, for a little while. And one of his daughters was actually in my youth group, too. I got to meet him and everything. He's such a cool dude. But moving on, at number four, we have renowned Catholic singer and artist Stephanie Germanata, a.k.a. Lady Gaga. The Catholic Twitterverse recently went Gaga over her 
when she sang at the inauguration of President Joe Biden. She's a bit of a controversial figure, but she always brings a priest along with her for daily mass. That's more practicing Catholic than most of us. Ranking at number three is another singer, Gwen Stefani. Her Catholic faith recently made headlines when she announced that she and country singer Blake Shelton were waiting to marry until her first marriage to Bush frontman Gavin Rosdale was annulled. Not many practicing Catholics understand or even push for annulments, think of them as something important, you know, let alone celebrities. But here's Gwen Stefani proving that she's not just a girl. At number two, we have Travis Barker, drummer from Blink-182 and many other musical endeavors and other things as well. He's covered in tattoos from head to foot. He has the Blessed Virgin Mary tattooed on his head and his forearm, and he has the Sacred Heart of Jesus on his back. He says he's also become much more religious since the plane crash he was in, which killed two of his best friends. He finds comfort, purpose, and love in Christ. And this is why he's my favorite member of Blink. I just, that's so good and so cool. Even if we struggle with the faith or struggle to practice it or we're going through a rough spot, knowing that we can come back to it time and time again, no matter what we've done, no matter what our lives look like, no matter who we've become. It's so good. And Travis is such a great example of going to God and renewing your faith over and over again, even though you continue to be imperfect. However, topping out our list at number one, we have Lil Wayne. This surprised the crap out of me and in the best possible way. Before compiling this list, I had no clue that he's Catholic, let alone a devout practicing Roman Catholic. He takes time to read the Bible every day and starts every show of his with a prayer backstage. That's awesome. And again, he's someone who has been nefarious in the news and maybe has been involved in some less than kosher things, but we're not Jewish. We're Catholic. That's your top 10, everybody. Down by the cross where the seeds of martyrs grow back to the tomb i dare not go for if i do mama mary will say have you ever seen our jesus eating some cheeses down by the cross So we've talked about a lot of different kinds of things this this episode. Baby poop on the walls, Calcutta, tattoos, uh, specifically Travis Barker's images of Mary and the Sacred Heart, um, one of which is on his head, which insane. I, You'd have to shave your head so often. And I don't even like shaving my legs. That would be so tiresome. I'm never going to get a tattoo on my head. I can assure you of that. But speaking of my tattoos, I have three, um, one on each of my wrists, grace and mercy in Gaelic and Polish, respectively. 
to remind me of Christ's wounds. And I also have a giant monstrance on my forearm with some Latin that translates to say, I am all the family you need. Um, we've also mentioned whole churches made out of bones, which I've seen one and it, it just takes it to a whole new level. We thought sacramentals and then incorruptibles were crazy, weird Catholic veils, veils, veils. But a church just made of bones, completely next level, like so out there. Catholics are the most metal people I know, even more so than the metalheads. But last but not least now tonight, I want this following image to be burned into your minds as you go to sleep this evening. Bearded ladies. This week's weird saint is Saint Wiljefortis, the patron saint of bearded ladies. She lived in the 1400s and was promised in marriage to a Muslim king. But to escape this unwanted union, she vowed her virginity to Christ and prayed to be made repulsive. Instantly, she grew a beard. This totally sent the king running. Her dad was so upset with her that he had her crucified. You want to be like Christ? Be like Christ. So because of these things, she's the patron saint of bearded ladies and also those trying to escape abusive marriages. Thanks for joining me tonight for Up Too Late. Shout out to all the Twitter tweeps who make the top 10 lists possible. Love you weirdos. God bless and keep you. Sleep well and have sweet dreams. May your guardian angel be close at hand and Mama Mary wrap you in her mantle. Go to sleep!